Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. So one of my plans with the podcast has been that I wanted to come on and I wanted to talk about some of the things that are real pillars of what I believe about money. And if you were here for last week's podcast, which if you weren't, you can catch up. It's on the page and we're going to be putting them up online very soon. They'll be on YouTube and they'll be on like iTunes and all of that sort of stuff very soon. So you can catch up there. But one of the things I was talking about was the way in which people can misconstrue what it means to be a money making woman and the way that um, all of these societal things that come along with it, people can put that presumption on us. And particularly it happens to me um, in that I am here owning the fact that I, I help women make and I always say I say it like this every time but life changing amounts of money. And I probably said this in that last podcast, but it bears repeating. What I mean by that is an amount that that is life changing to you. So for some of you, that will be like six figures plus seven figures even. For others of you, it will be a thousand pounds a month, two thousand pounds a month. And I know that all of those things, because I've been in that position, all of those things can be incredibly transformative for your life to be able to make more money. Now, one of the things I see happening all the time is this uh, and I think it is not in any way a specifically female issue as with all of these things it's a patriarchal issue that impacts women and other people is this quest for affordability so the amount of times that people come to me and they're like I just my business it's not sustainable like this I'm not earning enough money I'm gonna have to go and get another job I can't keep doing this but then I talk to them about upping their prices and they feel physically sick with the thought of it and that comes up like I said over and over and over again and I say to them what is it what's holding you back from upping your prices and what people will say is a number of things so if anyone's watching and you want to like there's a few people watching put in the comments what holds you back from and I'll read them out from upping your prices let me know and I'll wait a second while I'm doing that I should also tell you I don't even think I did an intro. So welcome to the podcast, for starters. Like I said, this will be being shared wider very soon. Also, and I'll talk more about this at the end, but I have a new program coming up. Currently called The Shift. The name is actually going to have to change. I've just found that out today because it's already taken. But at the moment, it's called The Shift. And um, it is a mastermind, kind of mastermind group coaching membership hybrid. So if that's something you're interested in, if you're looking to make two to 5K plus a month, and you want to get some support with that, I am your person. So I can't see any comments yet, so I'll just carry on with what people have said to me. So the question I asked was, like, what is it? What holds you back from upping your prices? So some of the things people say to me are things like, what will people think? What if nobody wants to pay that much money? But also, there is this genuine concern, and weirdly, it's a concern that I am proud of you for having in many ways what if people genuinely can't afford me like Ray and this is the this is a criticism that is sometimes put to me about what I do about the money coaching world what if you know there is there are genuine people that can't afford it like this idea that we should just be able to pull up our bootstraps and afford whatever is being suggested 
is a flawed one. And I absolutely agree with that. It's absolutely a flawed one. I am under no pretenses that everybody can afford what I do to a point, to a point, because I do offer a lot of free stuff. And so people will say, but I really want to be affordable to people. I want people to be able to access my work. I know what I do is either transformative for people or enhances their lives in some way, or I want more people to have their hands on it. I want my work to be affordable. And what's affordable just doesn't pay my bills. So we have this like conflicting situation where we both want to be, be affordable, but we also want a sustainable business. We want to be able to pay our rent or our mortgage we want to be able to um, afford holidays for ourselves and our families we want to be able to support people we want to be able to donate to the charities we want to or buy the clothes that are made ethically and not have to rely on supermarkets or the cheaper brands that that don't actually fit with our morals we're sick of scraping by and yet we find ourselves stuck in this trap of affordability and so this is my take on that situation. I don't believe that affordability as a concept exists. And I think in many ways, and I'm going to go bold on this, in many ways, our quest for it is often, not always, is some unacknowledged privilege of ours. So when, as soon as you are charging one pound, one dollar, or whatever currency, one euro, whatever currency you work in, as soon as you're charging some money, you are no longer affordable to some people. And the reason I think that this is, it's unacknowledged privilege often is because what we're actually saying is, in my worldview, from my experience, this price should be affordable to people. But of course it's not. The idea that you can be accessible to everybody, as soon as you're charging money, you are not accessible to everybody. What I want you guys to think about more is what you need, because you cannot be affordable to everybody. Your pricing can be accessible, which means it's more likely that people can afford it, but you cannot be utterly affordable. And so this quest to absolutely make sure that like, what if someone can't afford me? Trust me, people can't afford you. Deal with that first. I think for many people, it's very linked to what if people don't like me? Like we somehow have put together or connected the idea that affordability is likability because the idea that we would outprice somebody means that we're greedy. We are money grabbing. We are all these different things that maybe we felt when we couldn't afford a thing that we wanted to. So yes, as soon as you're charging money, people can't afford you equally whatever amount you're choosing, you will actually not be expensive enough for some people. I used to be a hypnobirthing teacher. And when I was teaching hypnobirthing, I taught a few people that were quite wealthy. And I remember I used to really struggle to say my prices. And I remember saying on the phone, um, I think it was 350 pounds for four sessions with me, I think at the time. And I spoke to this person and they were like, how much is it? And I, was, and I told them how much it was and they were like um they were like oh cool and is that for just that is that for just one session and I remember it blowing my mind that I could charge 350 pounds for each of the four sessions like that was beyond my comprehension but it was cheap to them she was like oh yeah fine like they were very wealthy I always say it was one of those houses with bowl, you know like on Ellen I know Ellen's not the best thing to talk about right now but on Ellen where they've got those bowls of orchids 
I always feel like that's a sign of a wealthy house. Maybe one day I'll have bowls of orchids, but I feel like I'd kill them. Even if I had a mansion, I'd be killing the orchids. So I um, yeah, walked in, there were like bowls of orchids everywhere. And they hadn't spent enough on me to value it. They were really throwing money at the situation. And this happened a few times with people who had more money. Now that's not a criticism of people with more money. All that means is when you have more money, you value things at a higher rate because you don't feel the stretch. You don't feel like you're investing. And this is particularly true for people in service-based industries, but not just. When someone feels like they've invested in what you offer, they're more likely to show up. I have had clients charge um, £25, £45 for an e-course and found that the engagement has been really bad. Once they've, and they might've got a lot of people in, but the people actually opening the course or showing up in the Facebook group has been low. Once they've charged more, double the amount, they might not get as many people in, but they make the same amount of money and the engagement and therefore the results that their clients get is far better. And that's not always true, by the way. It can work. There are ways to do it, but there is an element of that. And it totally depends on who your ideal client is. Who are these people you want to work with? And what sort of results do you want to get from them? My pricing is designed for people to feel like they are stretching, like they are, they, that, that they want to, because I want to get people there a return on investment. I want people to come into my courses and be making more money. And so that feeling of like, oh, that feels like a stretchy investment. I need to up my game. I need to show up for the stuff. I need to be there. So the idea that affordability should be the driver is flawed because A, you know that as soon as you're charging any money, you're too expensive for people. B, as soon as you're charging any money, you are too cheap for some people. And C, a lot of this stuff neglects what you need. What do you need? What bills do you need to be paying? How much money do you need to be bringing in? What helps you to feel safe and like you've got the energy to give people? What doesn't breed, a, breed resentment for you? There's so many elements to this that have nothing to do with affordability. And one of the things that people are real driver for being affordable is that you want to be kind. And that's why I said really early on, I kind of love that this is something that people consider or that worries them because it shows to me that you care about your fellow humans and it shouldn't even be like, Oh, like that should be a given, right? Like, of course I do, but it's not a given. It's not a given in business and it's not a given in, in life. And we, we see that more and more at the moment. So I love that you are concerned for your fellow humans. What I want you to put equal concern to is you and the sustainability of your business. Because when you have that driver to be seen as kind or to be actually be kind when people need your business maybe you're a service provider who offers something transformative or you're caring for people in some capacity or you create things that just enhance that like just enhance their lives i'm doing bunny ears around the just because that's not a small thing that enhances their lives how kind will it be when your business no longer exists because the way you priced it wasn't sustainable what will you do then how kind will it be to those people where they look you up and go, oh, she's not there anymore because you had to go and get another job somewhere else. Equally, how kind will it be to the women that would have looked up to you, who would have seen you doing things and thought, oh, I could do that too. So there's a number of elements there. Another element, see this, this is, I said in my, um, when I was talking about this, um, trailing this podcast, this episode in my group, 
I was like, I put in capitals, this topic is layered and it's so layered. It really is. But another aspect of it is, are you potentially undercutting people? So one thing I said, and this goes back to the privilege element. One thing that I notice sometimes is people who are, maybe they have a partner who is earning enough money and maybe their business is more of a sideline because they've got a job already and they're able to charge those lower amounts because they're not relying on that that monthly income it's additional to them so it doesn't matter to them the amounts they're charging they're not looking like i've described as like this is about too much about the sustainability of their business because it's all additional but they're still pricing themselves in a market that is full of people who are not in that privileged situation how kind is it to your competitor who is the breadwinner in her family or is a single mum or is single and just reliant is reliant on herself for what she does how kind is it to that person when you charge lower amounts? And that can be really sticky and I'm kind of aware that I'm putting something out that's like, oh, that doesn't feel good because I want to be kind. I was doing this because I thought that this was a kind way to price and I just want you to know that I see you, I get it, I see your intention in it. What I want you to know is that pricing isn't about kindness. Pricing is about what feels good to you. It's about the sustainability of your business. It's about owning the amount of money that you not only need to make, but want to make and pricing things accordingly. And sometimes you might look at your product and go, I don't even know how I'll do that. I'm not sure. I'm in a market where people are maybe really undercutting the price or people are competing with. So maybe you could make cushions and you're competing with the fact that Primark makes cushions for two pounds. I would say don't compete on price (laughs) with something like that. People will pay more for something homemade or handmade. So you might be in that situation like, what do I do? So it can take, and I don't have all the answers immediately. It would be a lie to say that I do. But what you can do is you can just hold that tricky spot. What am I going to do with that information? Like that is, that is a bit tricky. What could I do? How could I change things up? How could I approach this differently? What different packages can I put together? And you can think it through. But what I want you to know is that that's okay. Business is full of those situations of, huh, I've got this gold and I don't know how to make it. Or, hmm, I don't know if I can charge that amount. Why not? What's going on with me here? But when our only motivator is kindness slash what will people think of me, then we find ourselves in a really, really sticky situation. And this is something that I really, really feel strongly on not that you shouldn't be empathetic and kind in your business i think you should treat people with the utmost kindness i do i just want you to know that often your feelings around what money means around what it means to be seen as somebody who's ambitious around what it means to be a woman who's ambitious or somebody who doesn't fit into the kind of gender normative version of an ambitious white middle class man what it means for those people to be ambitious you know, that can really mess with our ability to price in a way that makes our businesses sustainable. And that's why so much of my work is about uncovering those things so that we just get to choose our prices and we get to fully own and embody those and not start asking ourselves if that's a moral thing to do, if that's an ethical thing to do, because money is just money. It's facts, it's ideas. Money itself is not um, immoral or moral what we do with it is so a price in itself 
like the price itself cannot be immoral, but applied to certain things that can happen. You know, if you're buying, so for instance, if you, at the beginning of COVID, when people bought all of the, um, of lockdown and they bought all the hand sanitizers or inflated the price and whacked that on um, eBay, yeah, that's not cool. Of course not. So there are ways that this stuff intersects, but that is a different situation to what most of you are talking about. So I'm not saying there's not nuance involved. I'm not saying that prices can never be an issue. What I'm saying is your driver to simply be affordable all the time. And that being the driving question when it comes to uh, pricing is a flawed one. Like I want to find a more gentle word, but it really is, isn't one that is going to be sustainable for your business. I don't know why I came in with such strong things, honestly, for the podcast, but obviously I felt like that was, a, that was the thing to do. So let me know in the comments if you've got any questions as you're watching. Um, and even if you're like, mm, Ray, I disagree with this, let me know, because it's always worth looking at these things. You know, maybe you'll, you'll say something, I'll go, do you know what? Good point. But what I would say is like, a, like it's nuanced and layered and there are many aspects to it. But the main thing is that your pricing should feel good to you. And I trust my community and my audience that they do think about their fellow humans but i also know that we have many of us have been conditioned to put their needs above our own not thinking my work is good enough despite receiving compliments to the country but i have no problem paying what other people charge so there's many things in that where we can feel like um you know we're not good enough we can't put ourselves forward in that way and i think that once you start stop attaching meaning to prices in that way you know, because there's plenty of people charging tons of money that don't offer stuff that's, that's like the price itself doesn't guarantee anything. The service does. We've all paid for things where we're like, oh, I'm not sure that was worth that. So this is what I mean about detaching the price from who you are and your worth. Colette, totally resonate with all of this. Really thought provoking. Lovely. Okay, so if you're watching this on the replay, feel free to comment and I will come back. Like I said, we're going to be getting these up on various spaces. So if you've caught this and you want to make sure you get notified about the rest of the episodes, then please do make sure you like the page and follow the page. You can also join my group, which is called Money Making Women. The link is at the top of my page. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Making Women. Please do go and leave us a review. They have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard. I also wanted to let you know where you can find me. So if you want to find more of what I do, you can find me in my Facebook group, Money Making Women, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. I really want to say a special thank you to Emily Crosby, who edits these for me, and I will see you for our next episode.